You're not going to believe what we got right, what we got wrong, and what it's like to experience a theme park reservation systems meltdown. That and more, all on today's Park Hop. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Great Park Hop. My name is Julian James and continuing to join us live from the Hall Cave where he's still wondering if he's actually going to watch Hamilton when it shows up on Disney Plus. The man, the myth, the legend, Henry Hall. This is the way. <laughs> Each week we get together to discuss the latest and greatest theme park news, happenings, and burning topics from the lands of Disney, Universal, and beyond. Before launching into things, we always like to note that Henry works at the Walt Disney Company. As always, though, his opinions are fully his own. Henry, how you doing, big guy? Getting, getting by, getting by. <laughs> As, I mean, what other options do we have? I feel like I should be watching more stuff, but like I've given up on any kind of focus in terms of being able to watch stuff is that is that just me or are you having that problem as well oh no i definitely have that problem uh i think we almost gave up on streaming for a while uh but my wife did sit down and watch the great did she like it yeah she liked it it was uh it was is a bit much for me it kind of it had moments where I enjoyed it and some moments that it's definitely not meant for children for sure. But, uh, uh, it had moments that I kind of liked, but then it felt a little bit dragged out. It's not really my, it wasn't me for watching. I was, I wasn't paying attention enough to, to really get a great sense of it, but my wife liked it. You were just, you were just along for the ride. Yeah. I was playing in the background while I was working. <laughs> so, well, speaking of something that is a little bit more up your alley, are you going to be all about Falcon and the winter soldier when that, uh, when that drops? Dude, it was interesting. Cause today, uh, on TV, I was watching, uh, they had a bunch of like uh, they had Captain America Civil War on and they were showing uh, Infinity War. And I really, really like the uh, Winter Soldier and uh, Falcon kind of like interactions, especially in uh, Civil War. They definitely have kind of that buddy cop type interactions from like old Lethal Weapon movies where it's like they're friends, but they're kind of at odds with each other. You know, they definitely had that moment in uh, Civil War where <laughs> Falcon finally gets uh, Spider-Man off the two of them and they're laying down on the on the ground in pain. And uh, Bucky says, you couldn't have done that sooner. And Falcon goes, man, I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> so I I think I really like Anthony Mackie. He's he's pretty funny. I, yeah, I, he's the man. I think they're I think it's going to be good. Yeah, it's it's only six episodes, but I mean, I feel like that is kind of the way to go, right? It's like, I'd much rather that they have a very smaller sort of focus for that first season and then kind of see how things go and just really do a good job of executing on that. Yeah, but I think it's also they're like six episodes, six six one hour long episodes and I think Anthony Mackie oh, okay. I think Anthony Mackie came out and said it's like a six hour Marvel movie or something like that. Oh well there you so, go. So yeah. I I mean it, I definitely think it's gonna be quality and just the two of those guys I think they have great chemistry. So uh I think uh was it Sebastian Stan? I think he's 
he's pretty clever. He's 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 he could be pretty funny too. So uh, I, I think it's I think it's a good uh, a good combination. Yeah, man. I uh, I'm looking forward to that as well. But uh, but let's talk about not a good combination and something that maybe isn't so quality. Let's let's go back to last week. It's a bit of a simpler time where both you and I were sitting here and we were just wondering exactly how bad Disney World's reservation system was going to be. <laughs> I pray that this is not going to be uh, something like a Galaxy's Edge reservation system where there's you, you kind of go into a virtual waiting room and it's just like a lottery that starts pulling people in randomly. That would be such a bummer at 4 a.m. to wake up and then just have to sit through this kind of virtual lottery that's slowly pulling people in. I'll bet that's what it's going to be. I bet that's what it's going to be, just because why wouldn't it be? That's a system that already exists somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, I would say that that's a good bet, (laughs) because because Uh. it's something that they've already used. (laughs) It's been been Uh. tried. It's been tested. So uh, hopefully maybe they've improved it so it's not as as painful as it was before. <laughs> well, surprise, surprise, Henry. It was pretty bad. Uh, I, I would I would say it was uh, it was definitely worse, at least for me in my experience. It was worse than uh, the Galaxy's Edge reservation system, which in and of itself was uh, was pretty messy. But at least with Galaxy's Edge, at least everyone had a heads up beforehand on what that process was actually was actually going to be. I mean, it was it was it was only a two hour heads up where it was like they let you know what the 10 o'clock process was going to be at eight o'clock. But they did give you two hours. So at least you kind of knew what to expect when the starting gun eventually did go off. This time around, we got nothing. I was up and online before 4 a.m., and nobody had any clue about what we were even supposed to do in order to get to this reservations page. Like, is there a button on the homepage or on the Know Before You Go page or the My Disney Experience page? No clue. No clue. That time came, that time went. No idea what was going on. But none of that even mattered because when I went to go and even try to sign in, I'd consistently run up against this static screen that had this image of the updated Cinderella castle. It's all in pink. And it was just telling me, hey, just wait a moment. Just chill out on the screen. And, and I just sat on that screen forever waiting and waiting and waiting for and and just nothing happened it just kept on telling me just chill out just wait eventually when something did happen the screen reloaded and i got a 504 gateway timeout error and then i'd have to start that whole process again so so things were already off to to a really great start uh, so already like I'm sitting there, there's no real way to log in, but at around 4:30 AM, this is all Pacific time. Of course, a button ends up showing up on that. No, before you go page that says something along the lines of like, click here to make a reservation. 
Perfect. Click on that. And I'm taken. I'm telling you, Henry, I'm taken to one of the craziest countdown screens you've ever experienced in your life, right? Like every 30 seconds, no, sorry, every minute it climbs back up 30 seconds. So it'll be at like two minutes and then it'll get down to one minute. And then rather than going to 59 seconds, it goes back up to a minute and 30. <laughs> it was like, what is going on? It was, it was insane. And, uh, and so that bizarre ass clock finally hit zero. And then guess what? I'm back in the pink castle vortex. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> so at this point I was like, okay, now what do I do? I go to Reddit. This is, this is usually, this is exactly what I did with galaxy's edge just because I could like bathe in everybody else's misery. But there were a few people that had reported that a breakthrough had been made over at the DIS boards. They'd figured out that you can totally bypass that pink castle vortex if you logged in through an area on the Disney World website that isn't that main login page. So the method that everyone was having success with was to attempt to place a dining reservation, go through that whole process, log in through a pop-up rather than that specific login page, and then cancel your reservation, go back out to the homepage, go back through that make a reservation process. So I try to give this a shot. No luck. Disney, it seemed like Disney was, was already onto it because it immediately forced you back into that pink castle vortex. So, so I give the next option a shot to see if I have any better luck going through the process of purchasing a memory maker. And this actually works, right? I get that login pop-up, I enter my info, boom, I have access to my account, cancel my memory maker, go back out to the homepage, go back out to the make a reservation button, boom, click that. This time, I'm taken to that same old countdown screen, but there's no countdown. It's just a general message that says like, hey, you're online, just chill. We don't know when you're going to make it through. Don't hit back. Don't refresh, but just hang out. So this seems like this is that same kind of random virtual queue that, uh, that we had with Galaxy's Edge. So I just sit and I wait. And like 10 minutes later, the page actually refreshes and it looks like it's going to update with something, but no, it updates and it's a blank page. Nothing's there. It's art. It's not loading. It's just a blank page. I just let it sit there for a second, hoping, praying that, uh, that, that, that calendar is going to show up that I can, that like, I can actually do something, nothing. So I say, fine, forget about it. I'm off to the next browser. I know what this is. I'm, I'm going to try this on a different browser. So I go through this entire process again, go to the memory maker, log into the memory maker through that way, cancel the memory maker, go out, click that, make a reservation button, sit on that countdown, but no countdown screen and just wait. And then eventually after waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, 
it reloads, asks me to select my party, and then brings me to a plain calendar. Now, uh, this is not the calendar that we saw in that mock-up. That would have made sense because it like blocked out and showed you visually where that availability was. This one was just very plain and simple. If, if it's a gray square for a day, it means that there's no availability. If it's a white square for a day, it means that there's availability. By the way, I have like no idea if it's recognizing my information. I have no idea like if it recognizes that I have a resort reservation as well. Um, there's nothing indicating telling me which days I'm going to be there. So I'm just like, whatever. I go to my days. I select the parks that I select. It, it, you have to select one at a time. So I select that first day, make the selection, go through the process. Super easy. Boom. Confirmation. Asks me, do you want to leave? Do you want to make more reservations? Make more reservations. So I go through and make all of my reservations. Easy peasy reservations made done. And by, th so by this time, by the time everything was done, it was like 7 30 AM, which means that it took me almost four hours to get all six of my park reservations. So clearly Henry, there are some issues with the system. <laughs> Definitely. Which is not surprising, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, at least you got through, man, you got it. Yeah, so right. The good news is I'm through. Nice. The bad news is like, yeah, there were tons of technical issues. There were just like, I think the most surprising to me was just the general lack of communication, right? So like we had talked about that they had sent out emails saying, hey, we recognize that you're, you know, a uh, you have a reservation and that you have a ticket. So like this should be the date and this should be the time that you're able to do this. But like that was maybe like, a few days before that, if not earlier, I'm trying to remember that exact date. I don't, but it was like less than a week before, which is great. But then like, like I said, it's just, there was nothing guiding you through this process, nothing to even tell you, like, this is what you should be on the lookout for. So it was like, it was, like I said, just a total mad scramble, man. So that I think, uh, I think was the most surprising. And, and this was all stuff that, I, that, that this is only what I encountered, right? So scrolling through Reddit afterwards, there were just a whole bunch of other issues that people were talking about, right? Uh, Disney World website would continuously log some people out whenever they visited a new page. Not all party members were showing up as selectable. The calendar was showing no reservations available. The system would only allow guests to reserve for the first day of their trip. Or, or even just like APs were only able to book three reservations at a time, even if their resort stay was on the longer period of time, or even if their resort stay was four longer than three days. Uh, and as if, and, and, and if all of that wasn't even enough, Henry, Disney did make a statement on all of this to CBS where they stated, quote, people who couldn't reserve Monday probably thought it was a glitch, but in reality, they were likely trying to book before it was their turn. That is insane. <laughs> what a crazy thing to say. <laughs> before their turn. Well, how, how do they know when their turn is? I mean, it's... Yeah, right. It's, it's just, it was totally not clear. And 
even if that's the case, it's just like, like you're saying, like I'm saying, just the communication was so poor throughout all of this. There's nothing saying like, Hey, now's not your day. Your day's in a couple days. There was nothing even showing you that, yes, this was your day. So you just had no clue what was going on. Or even just like, if you were an AP pass holder that did have a hotel reservation, like, why am I not able to select all my days? Like, there were just people, there were a lot of disappointed people that I was reading through on Twitter, uh, or sorry, on Reddit, that just were deflated because they went through this entire process and were only able to get it for that first day. So Disney did come out with the tutorial, but this was, this was the day after all of this went down. So I don't know if they had that built already or if they decided after, after this insanity that like, Oh, maybe we should make a tutorial. <laughs> it, it probably was afterwards after such a, cause otherwise, I mean, I think they would have uh, released it beforehand. I mean, why bother like uh, with, you know, getting such bad uh, press from it, the, if you if you had it. So, um, I wonder if they just did kind of like, hey, you know, let let's let's just see how this runs. Let's see how this this goes out. <laughs> like, no, you know, we. I mean, we could like give people a heads up, but I don't know. Let's see what kind of chaos comes from this. Hey, we can get some press out of it. It'll be bad press, but. You know, as they say, <laughs> all press is good press. Yeah, I mean, it. so it definitely could be that. Uh, the thought that I kept on having, of course, was um, when we were talking about this, <laughs> when we were going through this and basically predicting, again, that this was going to happen. Um, of course, not predicting it was going to be this bad, but still that it was going to be a complete mess. Part of Part of this whole theory of like, they're actively trying to scare people away and convince people to either cancel or just freak them out so that uh, maybe they think twice about having a vacation now as opposed to later. Uh, again, like, I feel like my my theory is just continuing to get validated, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just like this was, uh, again, um, I, I don't think that we are communication- UI geniuses here, though I, I think very highly of our abilities, Henry, especially yours. So, like, clearly this, this was somebody must have seen this coming. Like, to expect even just that you have a system, a new system that's going to be rolled out with no instructions to that first group of people, like the starting gun of, you know, planning your trip. And really, this is the last step right? This is the last step of this, of this trip planning process, other than, I guess, making the call later on. If, if, uh, if things are looking pretty dicey in Florida, if you still want to go, yeah. but from Disney's perspective, like, Hey, once you have a reservation, if you already have your tickets and you already have your hotel reservation, and then you already have your park reservation, come on in. So it's it, just the fact that they don't have that locked up. Uh, and they've had weeks to, right? Like they've had a really long time to figure out something is, uh, it's really strange, man. It is really strange. And, and this is, uh, I think it's situations like these that usually I tend to feel like Disney has buttoned up, uh, you know, when we were talking about universal <laughs> opening very early and, uh, versus Disney, we were saying like, Hey man, that gives Disney more time to really get their stuff together. 
to really ensure that this uh, this return back to the parks process is as smooth as possible. Uh, this is not giving me much confidence. <laughs> yeah. Helping. Well, I mean, I always feel like uh, a lot of times, you know, when it comes to stuff like, you know, you know, developing these type of like systems and companies oftentimes go on the cheap and they don't really like put in the, the the time and the money to get like a good user experience that they want something that works. Right. But in the end, it winds up costing them because their users, the people are frustrated. And then you also have to put more support user support on that kind of stuff. So I think they don't necessarily think of that part of it. When it comes to UI, I've been through so many bad UI experiences that it's something that I oftentimes like look at when I'm going through like an app or going through a, a game or, or any kind of like website. I think of the you know, the end user experience of like, how easy is this to navigate? And I definitely recognize that Disney's is not always the best. That's definitely true. Um, there's tons of room for improvement in terms of, especially, uh, I, I think even Disneyland's app is pretty decent and there's some really good functionality there. Disney World's app definitely has some work to do, but you know, uh, but having said all of that, even, you know, the point that you made last week was that generally speaking, they've done this before, right? Like they have these systems in place to work like this is very much they could have for something like this. Uh, and again, like this could totally not be true. So I'm, I'm only speaking at it from like <laughs> from the highest of high levels looking down. Um, but the general functionality was there for Galaxy's Edge. Like that system pretty much worked. It was the, the main frustration around it was just that, you, you know, that it used this kind of randomized, it seemed like lottery system where some people were waiting in this queue for hours and other people were getting right in to make reservations and they had a limited amount of time. So everyone was freaking out, but, but the system itself seemed to work. I was able to log into that system and, uh, and at least be in that queue relatively quickly. But with, the, and, and, and with that as well, I mean, again, they communicated out beforehand. They basically said, Hey, we're going to announce what this system is going to be and how you can get a reservation at 8 a.m., and then at 8 a.m., they had a video announcement that basically said, hey, at 10 a.m., be in this system and get ready to start getting reservations. So, I mean, again, it's not ideal, but it was like a functional system that was generally communicated in advance. Uh, and neither of those can be said about this, right? <laughs> like the fact that the login page was overloaded and that you need to log in in order to go through the system is like, what, what are we doing? Like, huh? The login page, like the only way that I was able to make this happen was because I was on Reddit and people found like workarounds. <laughs> it was like, 
huh? Really? The fact that there isn't any communication beforehand of just like, where do I even look to make a reservation? Oh, it's going to be a button that's going to pop up like 10, 15 minutes after when you said we could start making reservations. Like what? Huh? And, you know, I, I think if, if they had just communicated any of any of this process, it might be, might have been a better experience, right? Like, Hey, at, at, you know, at or soon after 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, if you go into the know before you go or you go into the make, a, you know, the the informational section for the park reservation system, there's going to be a button that shows up. Once you click that button, you'll have to log in and then you'll be in a waiting queue. Once you're through that waiting queue, it might take a while because there's going to be a lot of people. But once you're in that waiting queue, then you select your park stuff and you're done. Like that's all that it needed to be. And again, like it's frustrating that like they didn't take them. If they didn't have it ready to roll out beforehand, it didn't take them that long to put something together for the next round of people, which were APs. So like, huh? Like, why isn't that ready? (laughs) What are we doing? Like what? Why would you think that like that is needed for galaxy's edge, but it's not needed here where, this system is handling even higher load, right? Like the idea was, hey, if you have a reservation between the day that the parks open and like September 21st, 2021, and you have, you know, uh, resort and theme park tickets already in place, now's the time to do it. And they didn't tell you how busy everything was going to be. They didn't tell you how limited everything was going to be. And, and, you know, it drove me crazy. I saw, of course, you had the tweets from people afterwards that were able to get their reservations later in the day, like 2 p.m. Of course, because the rush had died down, people were easily able to get into the system and, and roll out. And they ran, they tweeted out stuff like, you know, if people had just waited and chilled out and didn't, didn't slam the server, it would have been a great process. It's like, dude, Disney created this, this, this mad rush. They said early on, the one thing they did communicate was having a resort reservation didn't guarantee park entry, didn't guarantee that you would actually be able to get a reservation into the park. And that was it. So you had no idea, right? Like I had no idea how many reservations are being available for everybody. So if you already have everything booked and you already have plane fare booked, then like, of course you're going to, you're going to frantically try to get a, a park reservation to ensure that you're able to, like go to the parks on your trip, like duh. Yeah, this is something that they should have had buttoned up. I mean, unfortunately, I think they sandbagged it, and somebody definitely, probably, well, I don't know. It, it I doubt it was on purpose, but I, I feel like somebody dropped the ball here. If it was just Disney, didn't really think that it was going to be like, hey, let's just throw this at it and. We'll see how it goes, sink or swim, <laughs> or they uh, or somebody was supposed to do something and it didn't get done, and or they were just scrambling to the last minute because they didn't have everything buttoned down. Yeah, well, and um, and so lucky for Disneyland Paris, which just recently announced that they'll be reopening on July fifteenth, uh, they'll be using this system as well. So good luck, everybody. Hopefully, it's uh it's a little bit smoother than it was over here. So 
Uh, so Walt Disney World in Florida, clearly it is continuing to push forward towards reopening. It was expected that we would see this similar push from Disneyland in California. However, the other big news this week is that Disney has announced that that reopening plan has been officially scrapped. In announcing this, a public statement was released that called out the following, quote, the state of California has now indicated that it will not issue theme park reopening guidelines until sometime after July 4th. Given the time required for us to bring thousands of cast members back to work and restart our business, we have no choice but to delay the reopening of our theme parks and resort hotels until we receive, receive approval from government officials. Once we have a clear understanding of when guidelines will be released, we expect to be able to communicate a reopening date. So, reopening of Disneyland parks and hotels delayed indefinitely. Downtown Disney, however, will continue with its original plan of reopening on July 9th. And in response to this announcement, California Governor Gavin Newsom complimented Disney on the decision and stated, quote, this is an example of the data informing the decision-making, and that is exactly what we need to be doing moving forward. The context of all of this, of course, is that California, and specifically Southern California, where Disney's located, is one of those areas experiencing a surge in coronavirus cases. Not surprisingly, all of this had also generated a massive amount of scrutiny around Disneyland's initial reopening plans, especially with some cast members, many of which had come forward and asked that Disney push their dates back, which was unclear if that was actually something they were going to do until uh, until the state basically uh, put the kibosh on that. But dang, Henry, it was all set up to be this beautiful reopening on the anniversary of the opening of the uh, the original opening of Disneyland. Not so much anymore, huh? Yeah, that's it's definitely unfortunate, but I I understand what they're saying because, like, I mean, it makes sense because, I mean, if it's pushed back and they need to have time to get their people back up and running and stuff, so they don't want to bring them in too early and then have them, like, you know, waiting around they got to get you know they need proper time to plan for the opening although i imagine there's still stuff they can can do but they're going to wait it out before they actually bring people in i mean because it wouldn't be fair if they brought them in and then find out yeah we got to wait another month you can't have people just sitting around for a month no that's definitely unfortunate it is one of these things where it's it's unfortunate timing for sure. Um, and clearly, you know, it's not explicitly stated, but part of this decision, at least from the state, because really, I mean, is, you know, it was Disney's decision to not go forward with their opening, but that's purely logistic, right? Like, it seems like, it seems like from everything they've communicated and certainly also what's going on in Florida, um, they're still most likely would have pushed forward anyway. At least they gave no indication that a spike in Corona was going to slow things down for them. So 
I kind of feel like that's it's it's for the best. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if uh if it's delayed another month and that just means that maybe the cases are going to come down and and uh it's not as much of a hot zone then maybe that's that's a positive in the long run. You know, you're talking about opening a theme park in one of the the hottest coronavirus areas right now. A theme park that isn't separated from civilization the way that Disney World is. So uh, you know, I don't like I said, I, I I I think it's a good thing, generally speaking. I can wait another couple months. Yeah, I mean, I I understand and and yeah, in the long run I think it probably is a good thing. But I did you know, I, I read something that was interesting where I guess they polled people and uh if you look at it from this point of view is like at least if you go, you're probably going to be safer from the COVID-19 in the theme park than you are going to the grocery store at this point. Because right now, the, the at least if you're in the theme park, there's like, they are like, at least in say like, for instance, in the Orlando's Universal Studios park, they're, um, they're enforcing people to wear masks and in distance themselves and stuff. But when you go out into like the grocery store, even though people, they do tell people to wear a mask. I don't know how many times, even though they're supposed to be wearing a mask, they're not wearing them properly. And then even if they're like, or if not wearing them at all and they're not being forced to leave, um, I know from my wife that like even going into say uh, our local mall, you can get into the mall uh, and without wearing a mask. Uh, Now going into the stores, you may be blocked, but you can definitely go into the mall without wearing the mask and they're not enforcing, you know, the fact that you need to be wearing one uh, even though you're supposed to in public places here in California. Um, so at least there's that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think at this point we're, what we're dealing with is all those people like who just blew their minds. And when they were given a little bit of freedom, they basically acted like, oh, there's no, there's no need to be weary about this virus. It's, it's we're fine and just went out and weren't socially distancing themselves weren't wearing masks went to the beach and did all that stuff all those people are now like finally showing their symptoms and are are sick well and it's i mean it's become like a total political just hot potato right like it for whatever, I mean, I shouldn't even say for whatever reason, because it's it's just like everything these days. It's uh, there's political impetus behind whether you wear a mask or not. Like it, it is a declaration of your political affiliation and and whether you support or not support the president. Regardless, like I don't I don't want to get down too deep into that rabbit hole. But um, I did. I've heard this argument before. And in fact, we might have been reading the same uh, forums because I definitely heard this argument before uh, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, outdoor spaces uh, being safer. Thus, like, of course, there's a there's a possibility that being at Disneyland 
or an outdoor theme park where masks are enforced are like safer than the supermarket. The only thing I would say about that and where maybe that doesn't fly too much for me is that like you need to go to the grocery store, right? So like, of course, there's a risk for that. It's an enclosed indoor area, but like you need food. And so like there are those things you have to do. Uh, There are those people, like you're saying, like your wife, that have to go to work and there are people within that area that are being assholes and not wearing masks and putting other people at danger. But like you have to go to work, at least in that case, right? Like it's, 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 it's essential to, to perform that kind of action. You need food. You don't need Disneyland. Sometimes it feels like you do, but like you don't. And so generally it's like the, the, even, even if it is reduced risk, and even if it's like a small amount of risk, it's still added risk that you're adding on top of all of the other actions that you do in your day that like you have to do. Like you have to get gas in your car if you're planning on driving. There's a risk to that. Is it a high risk? Like probably not, but like there's risk there. So there's just those things that you just have to do. So it's like the idea that like, well, I'm already going to the grocery store. So what's Disneyland? What's the big deal there? It's like, oh, it's just adding more risk. That's it. And it might be a small amount, but it is adding risk. No, but regardless, like it ain't opening. Right? Like it's closed. States keeping that, keeping it locked up. So uh, whether whatever Disney wants to do or feels like they're safe doing or feels like that their systems are going to catch, it, it's not going to matter. And maybe come July 4th, and soon after that, things will be a little bit better. I mean, July 4th, like a week away. So maybe we'll be in a bit of a, a different place. Don't but. get me wrong. I, I understand it, it probably is, is definitely, I agree, it's probably safer than going to uh, the grocery store. But, you know, there's still going to be people definitely there who are putting other people at risk or, you know, are not socially not doing uh, what they need to do and need to get kicked out that at before they get kicked out are putting people at risk. So there's definitely risk. Don't get me wrong on that. Uh, Just because you're like inconvenienced, that doesn't give you the right to put other people at risk, unfortunately. And they don't understand that. Here's what I understand. And here's the, here's what I'm focused on. I understand that nothing sounds worse right now than being on those Finding Nemo submarines with even just a handful of people and a mask in the middle of summer in Anaheim. Nothing could be worse than that. That sounds terrible. What a terrible experience that sounds like. Oh, Nothing sounds good about that. <laughs> But we'll see. I have no idea. I'd, I'd, I'd actually be surprised if that uh, if that uh, is going to be operating. But we'll see. Hey, man, nothing uh, nothing surprises me these days. Um, now, of course, another area of the country that's also experiencing a major viral surge is Florida. I'm sure Disney is feeling super lucky these days. In fact, just recently, the state ordered for all bars to suspend all on-premises alcohol consumption, which includes areas within the Disney World Resort. So all of those fun bars and drinking stops that uh, you could stop at for 
nice cold adult beverage at Disney Springs all had to shut down. It makes sense because, I mean, last thing you need is people drunk and then, you know, they're not aware of what they're doing. And Yeah, pretty yeah. much, man. And then also ABC News is reporting that one of Europe's largest tour operators has completely canceled all vacation packages to Florida through the remainder of 2020. In a statement, the company TUI said it commits to only operating holidays where it's able to guarantee an enjoyable, relaxing, and safe holiday without significant changes at their destination. And then just like Disneyland, WDW News Today has reports from numerous cast members that are scheduled to return to Disney World on June 30th, and they're concerned for their health and hoping that local or state government will step in and push that reopening date out. Despite that, however, Governor Ron DeSantis has said there are currently no plans to roll back the reopening of businesses that have already been previously approved. So uh, it's just lucky for Disney. Like I said, both uh, both of their U.S. parks are in major hotbeds right now. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Um, but yeah, it's you know these uh, outbreaks and you know these new flare-ups are just just making it more and dif- more difficult for people to go and enjoy themselves. Yeah, or just even commit to it, right? Yeah. I think that's the hard part. Like, it's almost like, uh, you know, as as, uh, as 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 much of a downer as it is to have, like, a major travel company just straight up cancel all, all trips to a specific destination. It's like, you have a trip booked through them. They're not giving you the option. They're just saying, like, it's not happening this year, guys. Like, as much of a downer as that is, you also kind of got to applaud that of just like, hey, this is just, it's completely out of our control. It's completely out of control, period. And uh, and they're not confident that they can provide, you know, a, a decent vacation to people that go there. Uh, I do wonder, I would assume that there is a situation in Disney Park executives' mind or maybe they would push back Disney World. But I am curious, like, how bad does it have to get before that's something that's, like, legitimately on the table? Or is it is it on the table now and they're, they're thinking about it? I don't know. I, I would say at this point, maybe they're not considering doing that, but maybe they may be considering how they can maybe improve things so make them possibly safer because definitely people are going to be want are going to want to feel safer and they don't want to have a a a flare-up or or a lot of uh people getting sick at the park because that's definitely going to like hinder people going to to uh disney world and disneyland so uh i imagine they're probably investigating how they can maybe even tighten things up from where they are now yeah i mean it's already pretty tight (laughs) what are they going to tighten up Uh, again this is the question of how much is too much to where it's just it's just it's not even worth opening because do you just start saying like, hey, guess what? So no indoor dark rides because 
you know, the rate of infection goes up when people are clustered indoors, even if they're socially distanced. Uh, okay, there's even less people allowed in the parks. Oh, okay, there's no sit-down dining, or there's no <laughs> there's no dining except uh, in specific areas or times because you have to remove your mask at that point. Like, I don't, you know, we, we were already talking about previously about how it's like it is the way that things are set up now. There is a legitimate question that people have to ask themselves is like, is this worth it? And so like, like I'm trying to even think of like, what are the areas that they could, they could continue to lock down on? I don't know. I legitimately do not know. Yeah. I don't know what they could do, but yeah, there's definitely a point where they've, where they would lock down too much because, uh, just recently, I guess it was, uh, uh, we read that uh, our local theme park, uh, Six Flags Discovery Kingdom, is going to be reopening. No rides. <laughs> There's no rides. It's like, I read that. It, yeah. So they're just going to, it's like, I think they're calling it the animal experience. So you can go see the animal shows. And it's like, yeah, I mean, there's something to that, but. With no rides, nah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even bother going. Who wants to pay for uh, a theme park where you just get to watch animals being tortured? Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember when when it was Marine World before they had rides, and they just had the shows, and I was bored then. <laughs> going there, I think I went there <laughs> like two or three times, and it was never a great experience. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, probably, it's even, even less so now. Cause I think they don't have as many animals now. I know I have a couple of friends who have, uh, who've gotten season passes to, uh, discovery kingdom, but they go for the rides. And I was like, I don't, I don't see them going for just yeah, shows, course. you know? No. Well, and, and again, so this is a question for kind of all theme parks, that that are faced with this decision in these areas, uh, especially you know like California and Florida uh, that haven't opened yet. It's like you know clearly when when Disney World opens, it's not it's not they're not making profit. Like it's it's they're operating at a loss already. I think I was reading that they it's like at around fifty percent capacity is when they start breaking even. Um, so if they're operating at 20% capacity, they're operating at a pretty significant loss. And it seems like that's what they're going to be doing for a while. So, you know, like I said, it's almost like the, the question then becomes, well, what's to gain if you're already operating at a loss? Haven't, well, they haven't quite, well, I don't know what their timeline is in terms of ramping up. I'm sure that they're ramping up a ton of stuff right now. So they probably already spent a ton of money on, on getting all of that ramped up. But if you're already operating at a loss, like what are, what are we gaining if we're opening and we're, we're opening in areas that are like, you know, virus meccas. So right now, like you have even, you know, the tri-state area, which before Florida had said like, Hey, if you're traveling from the tri-state area, you have to, when you arrive, you have to self-quarantine for 14 days before you can go out and do stuff in Florida. 
uh, that's reversed right now. So the tri-state area is now saying if you're coming from a place like California or Florida or Arizona or Texas that is spiking, when you arrive home, it's you got to wait 14 days before doing anything. Even a couple of weeks, Florida is still in a bad spot. I think you're going to start seeing some of this stuff coming in from other states, right? Where they're saying like, enjoy your vacation in Florida. Uh, when you come home, like don't expect to go anywhere or do anything for 14 days afterwards. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, it's just, I mean, you know, it's, it's something that I think we as Americans need to come to terms with that, Hey, we need to, to do better. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, hopefully this is just, you know, I was looking at Florida data just now. It looks like it is dropping a little bit, but it's still like, if you're just looking at raw cases, still one of the, if not the hotbed right now. So, uh, you know, hopefully that comes down in the next week (laughs) and this becomes less of an issue, but, uh, it doesn't seem like that's the direction it's going. So it'll be interesting. Really will be interesting. I, part of me, I almost feel like I could see it going both ways, man. I could see that if it's still really high and hot, Disney pushes it back, but it's just like they're they're running out of time too before they can do that, right? Like they can't next week they can't say, "Hey, we're pushing things back a couple of weeks." That's not going to work. Then you really have people committed already. So I don't know. I mean, you're, you you may very well be right that it's just we're we're past that point of that being an option and really their only their only path forward is to say, "Well, what can we do to mitigate risk as much as possible once people get here?" Uh I just don't know what they're going to do. It's already rough. Already rough on the ground, man. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess since you have uh, reservations and you have all the stuff set to go, I mean, how is your feeling of of, of your trip, upcoming trip? I mean, that's a really good question. Uh, honestly, if the situation, if, if I was, my trip was for this opening in a couple of weeks, um, I probably would cancel like if, if in end of August, so I still have a couple months for things to kind of settle down and, and work their way through and, and for there to be some clarity in terms of what things are going to be like. But you know, if it's like this right now, I'm, I'm not going, it's just not, it doesn't make sense. You know, on top of that, you have United and uh, American airlines saying, yeah, you know how we weren't really, filling up those middle seats. Oh, we're going to start filling them up again. <laughs> it's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I was already feeling a little squeamish about hopping on an airplane right now. Uh, that's not making me feel any better. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I don't, it's none of this is making me feel any better about this plan. I'll tell yeah, you that. I just heard, I just read about that American Airlines saying that they're going to fully, uh, book their flights starting what Wednesday. So yeah. Starting the first of July. Yeah. It's like, Oh, what? It's like, it's not happening. (laughs) You know, at the very least you'd, you would hope that maybe from like the really heavy areas, not that it would matter because I mean, everything's just getting exchanged on that airplane. (laughs) It's just, I don't, I don't know, man. It sounds pretty wild to me. So We'll see. I mean, I'm like I said, I, I have hope that in a couple months things will be improved. 
enough to the point that I'll feel more comfortable about things, but uh, I, I'm not feeling so hot right now. If things continue this way, uh, I will not, I will not be going on my trip. Yeah. It's a, it's a frustrating like thing, place to be because you really want to go, but there is a question about like, you know, how safe is it going to be? Is it really worth it? And, uh, I don't think it's worth it enough, but, uh, yeah. Yep. Well, we'll see, man. Well, that was a downer. Yeah. Uh, but believe it or not, Henry, the big news of last week doesn't stop there. Remember two weeks ago when we had a conversation a little like this? It's asking Disney to re-theme Splash Mountain to Princess and the Frog because of Splash being based off of those animated sequences from Song of the South, which has, of course, been all but disowned. Do you think Disney's ever going to actually do that? No, I don't think he's ever going to do that. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm 100% agreement. <laughs> well, swing and a miss, my friend, <laughs> because on Thursday, Disney announced the Disneyland and Disney World will be re-theming Splash Mountain to Princess and the Frog. I, totally shocking, man. We don't know much outside of just that general news. There's no title or time frame given uh, other than that the parks will reopen with the current version intact. So you have a little bit of an opportunity to, uh, to ride that before it's gone. Or a few other details mentioned. Uh, that do include a brief story summary of what the rethemed attraction will be based around. Quote, we pick up this story after the final kiss and join Princess Tiana and Louie on a musical adventure featuring some of the powerful music from the film as they prepare for their first ever Mardi Gras performance. So it's a, it's like a sequel. It's not even just like a retread. It's a sequel, man. That's cool. Project is being led by senior creative producer Charita Carter, whose previous project was Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, and legendary Imagineer and Splash Mountain lead Tony Baxter will also be contributing as creative advisor to this retheme. Most interesting detail that they just kind of slipped in there is that the plan has actually been in development since last summer. That's pretty wild. <laughs> was, really? It's been uh it's been sitting there in the hopper for that long, huh? Yeah. Well, I guess to some degree, uh I mean I'm glad they're getting ahead of this and not just kind of sitting on it like I thought they would. Even my wife said that uh because they're retheming it to you know, Princess and the Frog, that she will have to ride it again. So once they've done the conversion. So I do get a chance to ride <laughs> the ride again at some point with my wife. Uh, <laughs> um, interesting thing is we did go back and tried to watch the movie, uh, Song of the South. Uh, my my in-laws oh. have a bootleg copy that's apparently nice. not very good because it didn't play in our... <laughs> in, it didn't play in full in uh, my... Uh, dvd players mm. so uh we did not get a chance to read it all because watch it all because she had never she doesn't remember watching it her parents said that they took her to the movies to see it when she was pretty much probably a baby uh so she doesn't remember it so she wanted to check it out finally but uh 
it is pretty bad. Um, <laughs> I mean, there were. Yeah, man. I was gonna say, if you want to finish it, uh, you can bar. I have a, I have a, a region free copy. Oh, we might have to do that. <laughs> yeah, man. But uh, I mean, I think uh, I am kind of surprised that they they jumped on it. I guess I'm not as surprised that it is happening, just because you know this is something that sh- should have happened a long time ago, uh, or at least you know them uh kind of acknowledge it because it just seems like song of the south has been kind of this you know dirty little secret that or not not a dirty little secret but this like scar that they refuse to really acknowledge for a while uh and at least they're finally acknowledging it yeah well and and it is kind of a dirty little secret for Splash Mountain, right? <laughs> like yeah. the fact that the, the, that there's that tie-in was something that Disney has, has shied away from for a while. But it did make me think, though, too. It's like, so does Disney Imagineering kind of have a file of of rides or scenes on rides that are kind of, you would maybe deem, let's just say, culturally insensitive. And they just have like ideas that uh, that they kind of churn through and that like they just kind of, they just kind of store until the time is right. And then they're like, oh, time is right to revisit Splash Mountain. Look, we already have a design for this. It made me think like, uh, so when eventually Jungle Cruise comes out, are they going to all of a sudden pull out like, oh, the whole Savages uh, scene? Like, oh, we've got a redo for that, too. Uh, just in time for the smash hit movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think I've I've seen some articles pop up saying that now that, they, uh, that they've posted that they're going to do the Princess and the Frog uh, re-theme, I guess people are calling for other parts, other rides to be re-themed or changed uh and i'm like uh you know what would be i was trying to think of like what the other rides that you could that you could say maybe have culturally insensitive parts in them i could see jungle cruise at least in that specific part i mean what what else are we what else were those articles talking about i'm curious uh i think they were pointing out like the native americans and the uh in uh peter pan oh uh, well but it, okay but i mean in that i don't i don't know i i think it's it's more maybe the portrayal of them i don't know got it you know some of the stuff i don't necessarily get behind is yeah, yeah. totally i mean listen i mean now's your shot <laughs> If you feel like there's something that's been uh, that that you feel like is uh, that Disney needs to change, man, now's now's your chance. Get it get it on their radar so that uh, maybe in five or ten years they'll uh, they'll pull out a file. Yeah, I guess it is. I mean, if you're going if 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 it bugs you, you know, definitely now is the time to like <laughs> to to make it known, you know, to to Disney, but. Uh, all of that being said, good. This is this is definitely like it's been something. I mean, we talked, we went through this a couple of weeks ago. Splash Mountain has been on the radar of a lot of people for a while. It seems like 
every year or two, something comes up where it's like, man, really, this is still, this is still going on. So maybe we should think about changing it. So if nothing else, clearly it was, it's been on Disney's mind as well. Now's the time to do it. Now's the time when they're at least announcing it. Um, and so Tokyo Disneyland wasn't included in this announcement, but Japanese news agency, the Asahi Shimbun did call out that it was under consideration there. So there's the potential that even after this happens, whenever it does, that uh, that there could still be a Splash Mountain at Tokyo Disney Resort. So uh, you'll just have to go there to get your fix. Um, so we'll see. But Henry, are you ready? I don't know. Am I? For our newest segment called... Hot Take Hallway with Henry Hall. <laughs> Henry, I'm going to ask you the hottest, most burning questions that came to my mind when this announcement was made. And you're going to answer with a yes or a no as rapid fire as possible. Sound good? Sure. <laughs> Fantastic. Let's enter the hallway. Henry Hall, will this re-theme still have Splash Mountain in the title. No. Just because I think they're going to try and distance themselves away from Splash Mountain. Will it have more than five video screens? <laughs> uh, yes. They'll have more than five video screens. It's just the easiest way to go. <laughs> <laughs> Is Zippity Doo Dah going to be referenced in any way during the attraction? Ah, you know what? I don't know about that, but I say no. It's just because they're going to try and distance themselves away from Song of the South. Does Hungry Bear get rethemed to Tiana's Palace? No, I think they'll they'll keep it as Hungry Bear just because they want to keep uh, that as a uh, as something that's from the past. Will they keep the same number of animatronics? No, I think they'll. they'll I think there'll be probably a, a, maybe a few more added in, just because there's more animal characters to uh, highlight. Are we seeing projection technology like we saw with Runaway Railway? Yeah, I think they'll try and bring in as much new technology as possible because it's just easier. Does Critter Country survive? Uh, yeah, I think Critter Country survives just because uh, you have uh, Orleans Square, which it, which feeds in well with the uh, Princess and the Frog, anyway. And finally, will we see this re-theme happen before the end of 2022? No, I don't think so. I think it's it's going to take a while just because of everything else that's on the uh on the on currently in progress so I think it's going to take a little longer to get to it. Uh I think it'll be shut down for a while at least. This has been Hot Take Hallway with Henry Hall. See you next time everybody. <laughs> Man, so uh you don't think Hungry Hungry Bear is going to get rethemed. That seems like such such a slam dunk for me. I I don't think so. I think, I mean, it, 
if it happens, it's still it'll be maybe a, a ways out before they they do that. I given I do think that's an interesting uh, premise to to do that, but I think it would make more sense to do something in New Orleans Square than in Hungry Bear, uh, just because they have you know Orleans Square and and already which has the atmosphere of new orleans which is what princess and the frog was based off of so sure uh so it makes more sense to have it in there than have it in hungry bear and I think yeah in something like hungry bear which has got like a following and you know i think people would be up in arms against it so i don't think i would rather i think you might actually see something get happen in New Orleans Square. Maybe uh, the French Quarter is changed or uh, would be more something I would suspect would be more likely to French happen. Market. French Market. French Market, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I totally agree that the French Market would be the spot for it. Uh, it's got that willow tree there. It's got that awesome outdoor area. Feels very New Orleans. I think the only thing that made me settle on Hungry Bear. It's just that you have Haunted Mansion between what is now Splash Mountain uh, and French uh, Market. So it's a little bit separated. It doesn't mean they couldn't do it. I mean, that's definitely the spot. I think, though, and this kind of went into the other. So the other thing I was a little surprised about that I'm kind of surprised that you feel like the uh, that Critter Country is going to survive this because I definitely don't. Like I just feel like right now Critter Country is Splash Mountain, <laughs> and I mean it's basically it's two attractions, right? You've got Splash, you've got Winnie the Pooh. I guess technically Hungry Bear is part of that, and then you have the shopping uh, spot for Winnie the Pooh, and then the meet and greet. So I almost feel like with Splash being Princess and the Frog. And I completely agree with what you're saying, that like that basically moves the line of New Orleans Square to incorporate Splash or whatever Princess and the Frog ends up calling itself. So, I mean, at that point, you know, uh, Critter Country is like three things. <laughs> one ride, one eating spot, and one shopping area that's related to the ride. I almost feel like what they could do is lose Critter Country, make the Winnie the Pooh ride and the shopping area just be, call it like 100 Acre Wood. You can retain everything that's still there and then do a retheme of Hungry Bear. Because I hear what you're saying. Hungry Bear has been there for a while I think it's one of those locations that like everybody has nostalgia for just because it's been there for a while rather than the food. <laughs> the food is just like, it's okay. I don't think anyone's going to be super upset if they're not going to be able to get their loaded onion rings at, uh, at some other spot. That's not hungry bear. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I personally don't have nostalgia for the hungry bear, but the the thing that also makes me kind of think that they wouldn't retheme it for uh, Tiana's Kitchen or something like that is that now you have like another area 
of getting kind of like a Southern, like Louisiana food where you already have all that in New Orleans Square. So you're kind of like doubling down on something you already have while you can just keep the stuff that you have and just retheme something that already is going to kind of satisfy that. Uh, plus, I, I always kind of considered Splash Mountain as part of New Orleans Square a little bit more anyways, just because it's Southern and it kind of still makes more sense <laughs> to be uh, part of New Orleans Square anyways. So um, it, it is technically part of Critter Country. I hear what you're saying. And, and certainly that's going to be the case once, uh, I mean... I, yeah, I, no, I mean, I like certainly we don't disagree that Princess and the Frog Mountain <laughs> will be New Orleans Square, right? Like there's no way that that's going to be Critter Country. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely I mean, I understand it's still part of Critter Country. I just always kind of like Critter Country always was so like thin to me as to yeah. why they call it like Critter Country that it was just like eh, you know, Whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I totally believe they could just call that one area with Winnie Pooh and uh, and the shopping just like Pooh's Corner or something like that. And, Dude, 100 hun- acre, acre woods. woods. Something a, like that. you got to do that if you're going to do Winnie the Pooh area. Well, I mean, either one works for me. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, that I could see them doing that, but uh, I don't know. It, I don't think they get much out of it out of it by doing that i mean it's like what what is the payoff in in doing a a re-theme of the hungry bear like i think i think what happens is is they'll they'll do the re-theme of of splash mountain and then they'll kind of kind of sit on it and see how it works. If if there's like pushback or it just doesn't feel right, it might be something that they they do uh, do do in the future. But I think it's something like they may wait until like there's like a like an opportunity or or some kind of like they need a new kind of like way to freshen up the area or something. I don't know. Um, just because now they have, you know, with the pandemic and how much Disney is hurting right now, I think it's definitely something that even if it's, it's something on their slate to do, it would be pushed back so far out that it wouldn't s- seem like something that would be, would have caused like soon enough to be that they're retheming the whole area type thing. I don't know. I think they got bigger things to to work on at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, sure. I mean, it, it and it all kind of depends on what the all kind of depends on what the timeline is for this anyway because we have no idea, right? Yeah. So it could be could just be much further out and then your slate's a little bit cleaner at least in terms of Disneyland. So, a couple of things um, you were asking about like what's the what do you gain by retheming as opposed to leaving to I'm sorry as opposed to just leaving as is leaving it as Hungry Bear. This is we'll we'll just focus on Hungry Bear here because I think the the one downside I would say about looking at uh looking at French Market retheme is that 
at least in that area of the park, you already do have a pretty big glut of table dining. You know, you have Riverbell Terrace, you've got Blue Bayou, you've got Cafe Orleans, like that area, you have no shortage of table service. Assuming that we're talking about a table service, I guess it doesn't necessarily have to be. But, uh, the so if we're talking about Hungry Bear specifically, the one thing that you could add to it that, is just severely lacking in the park, period. It's not even just like in this area. It's just throughout the park. You have a severe lack of character dining. You really only have that breakfast at Plaza Inn. And that's pretty much it. You have, you. I mean, you have resort character dining, but not like in-park character dining. You know, you had... Um, what was it? You had uh, the the uh, Little Mermaid Grotto in California Adventure, but that's been replaced with Lamplight Lounge. <laughs> so, so yes, yeah, so you really don't have character dining, so you do have an opportunity for that. Um, and I don't think, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think it is. I mean, I don't know what goes into a retheming for a restaurant, so I shouldn't say that it's not difficult, but. I feel like that would be a pretty low bandwidth, a re-theme. If you were to do just character dining, you have that beautiful outdoor area that overlooks the rivers of America that you could kind of mock up some kind of like fireflies, that firefly ambiance. I, I, man, I think you could do some really cool stuff with that, with that spot. But yeah, I mean, you're right. Certainly Disney is not at a point right now where they're looking for more projects to spend money on. So that's a fair point. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think for me, it's more kind of like uh, if they were to put something there, um, I just don't think it would be uh, Tiana's uh, oriented just because, I mean, that's just doubling down on the same food that you would get kind of in the Orleans Square. Uh, I definitely, uh, I don't, I don't disagree that they could use more like character dining. So uh, a character dining would be, uh, a good thing to have there. I, I just think it would. <laughs> Never mind. Just cut that. <laughs> Lori's what? yelling. Lori's yelling in the background. Tiana's place. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, right? <laughs> See? Yeah. She knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, she's just throwing stuff out there. <laughs> <laughs> throwing stuff. She's supporting my uh, my argument here. Um, so, so the other interesting thing, so, I mean, it, we were talking about how the retheme of Splash Mountain fits into the surrounding land, certainly at Disneyland, it's a slam dunk because we're talking about just moving over the border of New Orleans square. Disney world is a little bit different because, uh, Splash is in frontier land. So it already is kind of, I mean, it sort of makes sense. Like what you were saying, it's kind of. Western Americana. So, okay, I guess Splash Mountain kind of fits in with that anyway. But now we're going like, uh, you know, New Orleans Bayou in the middle of Frontierland. That's a little weird. Well, that's why I kind of like, I, I don't think that I never felt like uh, Splash Mountain was really part of Critter Country. It's just, it's just something that doesn't quite like, 
what makes up critter country you know it just seems like it's its own kind of thing uh I, I, mean, I mean, before this, it was Splash and <laughs> you know, Winnie the Pooh. Well, yeah, I'm just saying is that it just never felt like uh, Critter Country just seems so like ambiguous at this point that uh, like it made more sense when you actually had the Hungry Bear like show there and stuff. So it, it made more sense that that was Critter Country. Now, Critter Country is so kind of... Uh, ambiguous at this point but yeah it you know splash being in frontier land does make things a lot weirder but uh i don't know i guess it fits in both but uh eh. i feel like it's i feel i feel like it's one of these things of just like you're asking people to accept change which naturally people are kind of uncomfortable with uh they'll be fine i, I think these questions of like I definitely saw that in uh, a few comment threads on the Disney World subreddit of people wondering, like, how does how does this how does New Orleans fit into Frontierland? It's like because you're going to enjoy the ride. That's why. Like after you ride it, you're not gonna you're not gonna even ask. It's just come on. This is it's a silly thing. Yeah, I mean, like I don't like I don't have like a a great love. I wouldn't have an issue if they did like rename the area and or whatnot, or even retheme hungry bear. It's just like, I don't know what the payoff would be for them. The incentive for them to do that other than to just like tie everything in maybe better. Uh, I think I definitely think hungry bear, the area could be used more, uh, could be taken advantage of and used more effectively uh so (laughs) (laughs) than it is now so uh i think that is something that is probably something on their radar to do i just don't think it i think it'll be a while before they they move on it uh i think it's something that they would do if they needed a reason to get people into the park or like kind of like freshen things up but i think that'll happen when they retheme splash mountain that's going to get people in and then they'll look towards doing the rest of the stuff if if they feel it still is necessary but even so it'll be pushed out a bit for that well you may be right henry because disney imagineering has also announced that due to the extended park closures much of the work on future park projects will have to be done in smaller stages. In a recent interview with D23, Imagineering President Bob Weiss clarified that, quote, while several projects like Avengers Campus at both Disney California Adventure and Disneyland Paris are able to surge forward based on where we were in development, there are others that will be picked up back in stages, like Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, assuming that means at Disneyland, and Tron. And some of these are longer term that will need more time to assess. That doesn't sound very good. No. (laughs) I don't like that. Doesn't sound good to me, man. I mean, basically, Avengers Campus, not you know, it's fine. Uh, Even uh, Disneyland's Mickey and Minnie's, 
and uh, Magic Kingdom's Tron. Those are fine. Sounds like they might be delayed. I have to imagine that, uh, you know, the coaster at Epcot is probably fine because they've gotten quite a bit done on that, it looks like. Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> Outside of that, it sounds pretty, pretty, pretty rough. Yeah, it's kind of like one of those things that uh, if it was in the works, they're going to like really like think it's going to be one of those times where they take a hard look at like what what is the uh, you know, what is the return on doing this? So whether they if it's like big enough return, they'll go forward with it. But otherwise, they may push it towards the the back burner and work on stuff that is more uh needed necessary uh get you get a bigger return out of turning it around sooner so but i imagine they're going to still like move forward with a lot of this stuff but because they've already put time into and money into the development uh but i think it's they're just going to put it so far back on the back burner that a lot of this stuff is going to be forgotten for a while or uh you know we're going to forget about that they said any of it until they go oh yeah they did mention doing that at one point <laughs> yeah i mean i i think this definitely is a sign that uh the new tomorrowland to disneyland is definitely still a ways out <laughs> oh yeah uh i think uh your hope of a tron coaster coming to disneyland is uh Probably not going to happen now. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm really curious. I mean, I I feel like Epcot is safe because Epcot is in a very rough spot right now. <laughs> like, it's just, uh, you know, you have to imagine that they wished this was a year ago that all of this had happened so that they, uh, they hadn't started tearing everything down at Epcot. But, uh, you know. No mention of the retheme of Spaceship Earth. So that seems like that's one of those longer term things that they're going to have to assess. So I, I would say that's probably on the chopping block. Uh, but, you know, so I guess that's one thing that's going to be around for a little bit longer. But man, yeah, like Epcot's in rough shape. I guess it's a little bit different because it's um, it's a bit of a different ownership structure. But, you know, uh, Walt Disney Studios in Paris uh, I mean, they did call out Avengers Campus for it, but that was only part of what they were adding to that park. They were also adding, a, it seemed like, what was it, like, going to be like a stripped down Galaxy's Edge uh, there too. So, I mean, it sounded like that was further away. So that's in pretty rough shape. I don't know. We've got a couple parks here that are going to be, that are going to be in pretty bad places if, uh, if they don't really get some of this uh, stuff moving along. Yeah, well, I think uh, Epcot is has been rough, so I think I think they definitely are going to move forward with a lot of that that work, just because you know I, I imagine attendance is 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 waning there, and that so that's one of those things where they're looking at where they're uh, at, you know, areas where they can, you know, the changes are going to make a bigger impact. And that's one of those areas where those changes are your impact, but it's also something that, you know, like you mentioned, they've already kind of started 
doing. Uh, although I think uh, Spaceship Earth is is probably they may not have mentioned it, but I think one of the reasons I didn't mention it is because it's probably going to take longer. It's going to be pushed out uh, further. So, um, but yeah, I think it just means that like a lot of these things that we were hoping would happen sooner are going to happen later than we had hoped and yeah some of that stuff is probably going to be cut or at least pushed back so long that it's we're going to forget about it and they may bring it back up in like 10 15 years yeah yeah well definitely uh it 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 seems strange and possibly mixed messages though i can understand why this would be the case but to uh to have this news come out and then right on the heels of this say, oh, and we're retheming, doing a major retheme to Splash Mountain. It's like, oh, I mean, that's safe. <laughs> I have to assume that's safe. I know that uh, there were a lot of people in the uh, comment section of the Splash Mountain announcement, which I'm sure you can imagine was uh, was just a general jovial place to be. You know, the internet when it comes to hot button issues like this, Tends to be very measured, uh, very mature. Certainly no, uh, <laughs> certainly no major, uh, you know, uh, racial bias uh, being expressed by anyone in the comment section. But uh, but there were a lot of people speculating, like, "I'll bet this never happens," <laughs> and it just it ends up being on the chopping block here. It's like, no, I, I, I think I think that's safe, <laughs> definitely. I think that's given everything that's going on and the timing of this announcement. I'm pretty sure it's safe. Like this, more so than some of the other stuff, it, it probably won't be forgotten about. Yeah, I mean, this is just too high a profile type uh, announcement to like, you know, and of something that has been long uh, talked about that it's going to go away. It's going to happen. <laughs> trying to even think about like what... What other projects were discussed and kind of talked about that might be that might be on the chopping block? I mean, they definitely the biggest things that come to my mind, obviously, are internationally, which probably don't apply for the most part. I think Disneyland Paris is probably the exception, just because, like I just because, like I said, they have a they have a very different ownership structure than than uh, Japan, which is pretty much owned by the Oriental Land Company uh, and just has tons of, of money that they're throwing at it at all, at all times. So I think all of that stuff is safe. Hong Kong has a ton of stuff being thrown at it as well. I, I think that's all safe. And that's that was actually pretty far along. So that I think that's all safe. Shanghai, similarly, is their Zootopia land that they're building uh, that construction's been coming along fine. Also, it's a 50-50 split with the government, so I don't know if that affects, if, if any of this stuff affects that. Yeah, I can't, uh, I don't think there's anything else, really. Uh, they were... Maybe some, like... They were basically talking about Tomorrowland. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know, they're just like... It keeps on. We were, it was going to be the next thing. After Mickey and Minnie's, it was done. I know it. I could feel it. They were getting ready to announce, like now that that part of the of the park is done, Mickey and Minnie's is handled, Toontown's got its refresh. It's time to focus on 
New Tomorrowland. Not anymore. It's going to be another decade before I see the uh, the people move a ride again. <laughs> and finally, we're going to wrap things back up in Japan once again with news from both Tokyo Disney Resort and Universal Japan. And just as everything seems to be going these days, got a little bit of the good with a little bit of the bad. Good news is that Tokyo Disney has announced that they'll be reopening on July 1st, which is just this Wednesday, man, so right around the corner. We're still waiting on full details, but we do know that they'll be using the standard health and safety guidelines that we've seen at all of the other parks. Uh, Interestingly enough, though, uh, they say that they'll be using a lottery system to allocate space and tickets for uh, all those annual pass holders. So I'm sure they're thrilled about that. Uh, And then Bon Voyage, which is basically the Disney store out at Tokyo Disney Resort, has already opened as of June 25th. So Tokyo Disney Resort getting ready to roll out. They did have their list up of uh, of attractions, rides, shops that were not going to be part of this. Generally, it seems like most of the attractions, certainly the big ones, are going to all be open. There were a few like uh, the the uh, Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse that were closed, which I guess makes sense. It's a hard attraction to social distance on, so uh, so okay. But there wasn't anything crazy um, on either the restaurant list or the attraction list. Uh, I think 20,000 leagues under the sea was also on the Disney sea list, but that makes total sense because you're basically uh, locked in a box <laughs> with like up to six other people at a time. So that, that just seems like an impossible ride to do any kind of social distancing on. So uh, that won't be opening uh, bad news. And it's not too unexpected, though, Uh, but Universal Japan has announced that Super Nintendo World is delayed until further notice. It was originally planned to open this month, just in time for the Summer Olympics in Tokyo, so now that the Summer Olympics aren't happening, maybe it kind of makes sense. Like, you know, delay it out a little bit, take your time. Seems like, at least from, you know, the exterior theming. Most of it seemed like it was pretty much good to go. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what else is left. It's, they've been very secretive about it in general. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's no rush at this point, right? (laughs) Take your time. Yeah. Maybe they're just waiting that they, I don't know, instead of like rushing it to like, maybe not everything was like fully up to spec, you know, opening maybe and not everything running, maybe, they're going to slow down a little bit and make sure everything's working. And then maybe when they've got a point where they can get uh, more bang out of the, like the opening or something, they can do a, a bigger, like, like, I don't know, uh presentation when they, when they open it, a bigger celebration. Yeah. Maybe it'll open. So it's not just kind of locals and select few others that are, that are able to join in. Yeah. Make it, make it a much more bigger deal. Um, but, but then again, maybe, maybe not. I mean, cause who knows when that, <laughs> that'll be able to be happen. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know, but that is, uh, that is 
all the big news for the week, man. Pretty wild when you think that the the least big news at the bottom of the heap is uh, Tokyo Disney Resort announcing that they're opening on uh, on Wednesday. So it's just it's just been that kind of week, man. Every week that goes by, it's like it's surely this is going to be it when it comes to the big news that's worth discussing. Uh, next week is going to be a little chiller has yet to happen. It seems like every week there is like something new blowing up or being announced or, you know, super interesting. So we'll see. We'll see what happens next week, man. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, we know that next week we'll have uh, Tokyo Disneyland opening up. So hopefully it's a super smooth opening and we won't have much to discuss there. Uh yeah, I mean, we'll be a week closer to Florida, so we'll figure out what's going on there. I doubt that we're going to have any news from Disneyland Resort, so who knows, man? I don't know. Maybe hey, maybe they'll announce the the uh, renaming of Critter Country. <laughs> That'll be it. Yeah, we can we can do the flashback. We can flashback again. <laughs> See, you're still wrong. I'm so wrong all the time. Oh my god, it's constantly. I mean, and you know what? In an in a instance like that, I'm totally okay. Please prove me wrong, Disney. As long as it's wrong for a good reason. <laughs> prove me wrong for the right reasons. All right. Well, that just about does it for today. Remember, you can catch The Great Park Hop each and every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast service just so happens to be. As always, if you like what you hear and want us to keep making content just like this, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and hit that like button. This has been episode 22 of The Great Park Hop, and we'll catch you next week. Stay healthy, everybody. Henry, you take care, big guy. You too. Stay healthy, everybody. (laughs) Bye.